Hear that? That's the sound of your car's NCT getting closer. But this year, why not rely on an Avantcard loan rather than luck? If it's time to upgrade your car to something newer, it's time you contacted Avantcard. Avantcard offers loans from 5,000 to 75,000 euro, approval in principle in minutes, and personalised pricing made for you. Find out more at avantcard.ie. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Avantcard DAC Trading's Avantcard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, we've got one week down. How's it going? It's going well. Um, busy as could be, to be very honest with you. I'm trying to balance some new gigs. It's a good thing. I've been working with the Steelers more, and you know, it's fun. Can't beat it. Yeah, absolutely. Steelers had a good, I guess, I guess a good first week. What was the... Yeah, uh, some, what was the... Some concern. Uh, down. Okay. I mean, everyone assumes you should just beat the Browns by 50 or, right. or it was a crappy day. But, um, you know, Martavis looked like he hadn't played in two years and Bell was a little rusty and Ben wasn't his best. But, you know, they got the win. It seems like we all just assumed that Bell would go right back to what we have thought of him at his best in the past couple of years. And, and we assume Martavis would be catching somersault touchdowns in the end zone, you know, like we like we saw of him the last time he was on the field and yeah, that didn't really happen. They, they were rusty no. and we probably should have expected that. Yeah, I think you're right. And there was a ton of penalties that they didn't run the ball a lot. Cause they were always in, you know, first and long second and long because of the penalties were kind of a sloppy game by the Steelers. Well, Matt, we are going to continue to talk about some players in the news, some dynasty risers and fallers and their brand new price tag and just what to do with them. And we've got a great guest to go over that with. We've got Mike Wright, better known as the FF Hitman from the Fantasy Footballers. Mike, how's it going, man? It's going fantastic. Uh, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I'm a big fan of the show. And now when I listen back, I get to be on it, which, you know, that, that always brightens my day when I listen to myself. That sounded a little over, overly conceited. I apologize for that. <laughs> no, no, we're we're honored to have you. Um, you know, unlike you guys, we just do one podcast a week. You guys are killing it over there. Is it is it daily at this point in the season? What what's the it's status? Not just, it's not just daily, my man. I mean, so we do five times uh, five times a week the regular podcast. Then we have a bonus episode for all the supporters on Patreon, and now I'm doing a DFS show. So I'm up to seven shows a week and then a Sunday Periscope and I may wow. be dead in about six weeks. We'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> well, that is awesome. I know uh, all, all of your fans and followers appreciate all that content. You guys are definitely killing it over there. I, I love it. I, I, I can't catch it all. I wish I could. I wish I could listen to every episode, but um, you know, third graders aren't going to teach themselves. So <laughs> But we are going to uh, to get into some of these players that were impressive in week one. Maybe were uh, a little disappointing in week one or, or even had some injuries. And just talk about what to do with those players at this point. We'll start with 
the first game of the season, we saw the Patriots and the Chiefs. Pretty shocking game in in many ways. But a big piece of that was the coming out party for Kareem Hunt, the rookie running back. Everybody expected a breakout season from him. Not only was he just a favorite rookie of many, but with the injury to Spencer Ware and, and everything just seemed to be falling into place, but nobody expected what we saw uh, on that Thursday night with the receiving production, the three touchdowns and breaking tackles. So clearly it's, it's no secret to say his dynasty value is on the rise, but what are we doing with that? Are we going to buy him at this new price? Are we selling? He's got to be valued as a top 10 dynasty running back at this point, I would think. I know I have him there in my new rankings. Um, So Mike, we'll start with you. With Hunt, would he be a guy you're buying or selling at this point in Dynasty? If, if those are my two options, it's absolutely a buy for Kareem Hunt. The guy is a stud, and we know that Andy Reid and his offensive philosophy always produces great fantasy running backs. And now remember, he did all that work on about 57% of the snaps. I mean, he wasn't even in there as much as he possibly could be. Uh, so maybe we get even more touches moving forward for Kareem Hunt. But what was crazy, because I'm, I'm with you guys, that I loved Kareem Hunt. I took him in my main dynasty league. I should say I stole him at the 111 because this is back before the wear injury happened. Because, you know, you expect big things. You know, it's Kareem Hunt. He's, his, his footage, his production from college all looked fantastic. And then you hit the fast forward button on his career. It moves, moves ahead a year. Because I believe if Ware, if Ware was healthy, he would have stayed the main running back for, if not the entire season, the majority of it. But now it's Kareem Hunt, and he's already proven what he can do. Luckily, we didn't get a full Tom Coughlin situation there where he fumbled on his first carry, and then a coach decides to ruin a career immediately. But Andy Reid's better than that. So now we have Kareem Hunt, and I don't blame you for a, a top 10 evaluation already for Dynasty the guy's the guy's young enough, and he's on a great offense. He's set up to really succeed. And on top of that, I mean, you get you have Patrick Mahomes waiting in the wings to be the starter for next year. And if he can be what they hope he is, I mean, this Chiefs offense is going to turn around from the Alex Smith dink and dunk kind of the the vanilla joke of the league to just a really high flying offense with Tyreek Hill there and everything. I mean, so I am full. Fully on board of buying Cream Hunt. He's got to be one of the toughest players to buy in Dynasty right now. Are, are you oh, giving? I imagine so. Yeah. Are you giving up multiple first rounders for him if we're talking about future picks? Man, I uh, I probably would, and just because of how I work with picks, of I'm a I'm a win it right now. If a player is producing right now, they're worth far more to me than a first round pick. I mean, we all saw. David Johnson, right? And now he's he would have been the number one guy, and now he's he's gone for a whole year, and you can't count on him. So that maybe that sounds a little you know counterproductive of putting too many eggs in the basket of a running back. But Kareem Hunt is going to be fantastic moving forward. And the, the, like a question I've been getting, I'm not a huge Todd Gurley fan. If I could trade Todd Gurley right now, one for one for Kareem Hunt in any league, I'm talking redraft or dynasty leagues, I would make that happen immediately. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and Mike, you maybe gave um, Matt and myself a little too much credit there. I'm I'm certainly sold now and and have moved him up my rankings. But through through the summer, through the offseason, he was not a guy we were 
really pumping up necessarily. We both mm. had a little bit of concern with him. Uh, but Matt, has have you changed your tune at this point as well? Yeah, I think those are all good points. And just to elaborate it more, that if Mahomes does take over next year, we're all excited about him. But leaning on a running back sure makes that transition easier, especially with as well as well-rounded as Hunt is as a returner or not returner as a receiver. So yeah, I'm buying, but what's the cost? You know, like it's real easy. All the, all the things you guys said is great. Like, and yeah, I'm on board. I think he's going to score a lot of fantasy points, but boy, he's going to be expensive. Yeah. So I think the cost would be, uh, would be at least multiple first rounders. Uh, I should say at least two first rounders. I don't think you can even come close to buying him with Gurley, honestly. Then you start thinking about other other running backs that are kind of in that tier. Would you sell Melvin Gordon for him? I would. I would. I have Melvin Gordon. No. I have Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley in that same type of category where I, and I know I know that's that maybe sound a little hot takey, but just the volume is there. I will I will never argue with the volume that Melvin Gordon is going to get, the, the volume that Todd Gurley will receive. But just for the last for, – for Todd Gurley, really, since, I mean, those first four weeks, just watching his film and and seeing what he's doing, he's just – it's not impressing me. And even this Colts game, I mean, the production was there, but there were so many times where you're like – an elite running back breaks that arm tackle or doesn't get tripped up right there. So I'm just – I'm I'm very – lukewarm on Gurley and Melvin Gordon has always appeared to be a gets what blocked for him when if there's a hole he's a crazy athlete and he will make people pay but it's uh the way I see him he's not really creating a lot of things on his own yeah that's definitely a fair point I guess my only concern about buying a guy like Hunt and and probably buying any of these players that we're going to talk about today as dynasty risers is I'm always worried about buying high. You know, why buy Hunt right now when I can buy him in a month after he puts up a dud game for a lesser cost? So the opportunity cost there is maybe I miss a month's worth of production. Those are all things that dynasty owners have to consider when looking at trades. Um, I didn't know that was an option for me. <laughs> I thought it was if, if I'm if just today looking at buying or selling. There's like, I'm just saying that I'm just trying to emphasize there's no way that I am selling uh, Kareem Hunt right now. No, no, you're, you're good. Any good point. Any, yeah. Anything's an option in dynasty. So, uh, well, I didn't, I didn't realize there's no rules in this game, fellas, but now I'm on board. <laughs> Are you taking him? If you have a rookie draft right now, is he one, one, do you take him ahead of cook or cook and Fournette and McCaffrey and all those guys? No, that I won't go that far. Let So yeah, let's, that, that's a good exercise. Uh, Mixon is still the most talented guy in my opinion, but it's when, when will Mixon actually get to be the lead back? I mean, that it may not be until next year, the way that Marvin Lewis has run things in the past. I love cook and Fournette. I've actually, I was pretty hesitant on Fournette to go just completely all in on him, but he was, uh, I mean, he alleviated some of that, those concerns, of course, even for hunt, you're talking, this is a one game sample size. So, it's it's difficult right. not to overreact to week one of the NFL, but Kareem Hunt would he would uh, he would bypass McCaffrey, so I mean you're talking at least the one four if if not slightly higher. Yeah, for me, I think I would still have him at six. Davis in front of him. 
Right. Davis, Davis and the other, basically the other four running backs. I, I updated my dynasty running back rankings last night, moved Hunt up to 10 overall, but then I still have uh, Mixon, Cook, McCaffrey, and Fournette all in the top, uh, I guess the top nine. So, but I mean, he's in that tier for sure. If we're doing a, a rookie draft today, yeah, he's he's probably six, but there's a super thin margin between really any of those top six. And uh, with Mixon and McCaffrey kind of getting off to a slow start, you could argue that that he should be ahead ahead of those guys. McCaffrey caught a ton of passes, though, or at least had a ton of targets. I mean, so he's factoring in. He just didn't result in fantasy points. But man, imagine getting Kareem Hunt sixth in your in your rookie draft. That's a pretty good first half of the first round. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that that just goes back to this, uh, the quality of this class, which uh, we've talked about for over a year on this show, and and so many others have as well. This was the class that all dynasty owners were looking forward to, and. Uh, we're only a week into their careers, but it's it's looking pretty good so far. Uh, almost all of the big names paid off in week one, and, and we had some surprises as well with second and third and fourth rounders uh, showing up. I'm I'm a big Christian McCaffrey guy. Like I I bought in, but do you ever see a situation in Carolina? Because Jonathan Stewart's still going to be involved, and it's I would say a near certainty they're going to move on from him next season will they bring in another bruiser though to always pair him with McCaffrey or or will we ever see a situation where they go full of Sean McCoy yeah that's that's something I've been bringing up a lot with McCaffrey is I love him I wish he was on my favorite team my son would have his jersey but for fantasy I have two concerns that being number one they are a very physical downhill running team that I think it's going to be Stewart or the next Stewart. I think they're always going to have that guy. And I just don't see McCaffrey being a big touchdown producer. You know, I mean, as great as he is, they're not going to use him near the goal line. They probably won't throw him all that often near the goal line. He almost has to score long touchdowns to get in the end zone. So I like him more for real life than I do for fantasy. Yeah, I saw some Geo Bernard comparisons after – uh, that week one game, which that's not necessarily a bad thing, in my opinion. After Geo's rookie year, he was valued as a top three dynasty running back. So that's not to say McCaffrey can't return value or won't be a highly valued dynasty player. It's just just goes to say he's probably not going to be an every down back ever. Mm-hmm. I think it's true. Next guy on the rise, Kenny Galladay, another rookie. Actually, most of our risers are going to be rookies today. We saw Galladay with that huge uh, debut in the preseason where he caught two touchdowns against the Colts. Uh, and then he he nearly uh, mirrored that performance in week one of the regular season, catching two touchdowns against the Cardinals. Uh, only caught four balls, but that was good enough for a pair of scores, and I think he had 69 yards. Mike, what are you doing with Kenny Galladay? I'm going to hold Kenny Galladay. I don't know that I would buy him right now. I love him. And and just a a quick kind of heat check, where did Kenny Galladay go for you guys in your rookie drafts? Most of my – yeah, most of my rookie drafts were – very early, uh, like early May, right? Basically right after the NFL draft. So uh, he was a third rounder almost okay. in every one. And, and some of those, he probably fell to the fourth round. Yeah, we do uh, in our main one. We only, yep. we only have a, a three round rookie draft. So I got Kenny Gaudet off of the waiver wire immediately after the draft that it was glorious. 
Uh, Very nice. <laughs> I just, you know, one of those. I remember guys. doing that with Russell Wilson. After. Oh, yeah, delightful! Great. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's going to be up and down here for Kenny Galladay. Uh, just look at what happened. For I mean, Golden Tate is always going to get his. Marvin Jones. I mean, we had the the alerts that oh, well, Patrick Peterson is going to shadow Golden Tate. Yeah, yeah, Golden Tate was or Patrick Peterson was shutting down Marvin Jones, which opened things up for Kenny Galladay. And again, I mean, it was his scores and the big plays were towards the end of the game. So I am buying into him being a a very good wide receiver moving forward. But he's third on his team. Eric Ebron did nothing in week one. And I still believe in the talent. And I believe Ebron will be involved in the offense. So I'm not getting my hopes up. Like I said, he's on my he's on my dynasty roster in a two flex league. I'm not to the point yet, though, where I'm just going to plug him in as that second flex every week and feel great about it. Yeah, I think you definitely made a good point. He he does seem like a player who is going to be inconsistent, not not that guy we can just count on to be an every week scorer quite yet, but you had to love what you saw in week one. Oh, yes. uh, I would think if you're buying, I think he, he cost you a, a future first rounder at least, and I'm I'm not really ready to pay that. Matt, what were your thoughts on Galladay? Same. If I lucked into him, you know, I got him the third round in a rookie draft, I would certainly put his name out there right now because I think you'd attract offers and maybe one that would be well worth jumping on. So are either one of you selling for a first? Ooh, if I could get a first right now. If the team stinks. Man. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It, if I feel like it'll be a top six pick, then I could be coerced into it. Otherwise, I would just hold him. Yeah, okay. Uh, as great as Kareem Hunt was and, and so much of the other news that we saw from week one, maybe the most talked about player, at least in Twitter circles, is Bears rookie running back Tariq Cohen. Uh, he's a guy for many that wa- was not really even on the radar. We talked about how late Galladay went. Cohen went undrafted in in a ton of my drafts, uh, those early rookie drafts, even though he was a uh, an early day three pick of the bears. And we all saw what he did on Sunday. He was involved in the passing game, the running game, the return game, piling up yards, had the long touchdown run where he was just spinning and breaking tackles and, and just looked like, uh, like you were playing Madden out there. I'm all aboard Tariq Cohen. I, I told you earlier, I updated, updated my dynasty rankings. I've got him at running back 23 and I don't feel guilty about that at all. That's hot. That's a hot take. And I mean, I'm with you, man. I, I think that I think Cohen is essentially our generations or not that's the wrong, but the next generation, Darren Sproles, <laughs> where I love trying to date myself. Back in my day, we had this guy, Darren Sproles. He was really good. Uh, but Tariq, <laughs> Tariq Cohen is that old enough to remember Darren Sproles. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, 12 targets. I mean, and you're talking a situation for Chicago they are likely looking at some really negative game scripts and Cohen is it should be a huge benefactor of that. Kevin White is now out for the season. And when we were talking about, cause you're right that Cohen is the, the hotness on Twitter. He's the hot waiver wire ad for redraft, the number one guy. And part of a check Mark that I put in Cohen's favor was a play. He didn't even, he wasn't even a part of, it was Jordan Howard dropping a target that likely would have won the game. 
And if that was Cohen, he would have caught that pass. And so does does that one – I mean, because that's a big pendulum swing from just one play. And I like Tariq Cohen. I mean, who else are they going to throw to on this team? And Cohen is just – he's already proven to be fantastic. You saw him in the preseason just destroying people. I mean, destroyed a, a – granted, a vanilla – preseason defense but the Arizona Cardinals he ruined them I mean I as a hometown Cardinal fan I'm like what the crap who's this guy and then of course I had to go <laughs> scour my waiver wire and you're like oh of course he got picked up already <laughs> somebody uh, but, has him yeah but I'm I'm with you man I think that Cohen as he will never be that one that you that you are hoping you're, you're striking gold on a free player but he'll always be flex worthy especially in it, or he'll even probably be an RB2 in PPR leagues. Yeah, and you talked about that play with Howard dropping the the target right at the end zone. Uh, the other play from that game that stood out for me that told me a lot about what people were thinking about Cohen just l- less than a game into his career was uh, – it was either a third or fourth down play very late in the game. The Bears had the ball and, and needed to score to take the lead – and the announcers were shocked that Cohen was not in the game, that it was Howard in the game instead right. of Cohen. And <laughs> I mean, they were questioning the, the Bears coaching staff and, and things like that for a rookie in his very first game who entered that game as a third stringer that that just said so much to me that, you know, they expected him to be on the field over Jordan Howard in that crucial uh, that crucial play. So we're buying in, Matt. Are you buying in? He kind of feels like this year's Tyreek Hill. You know, small school. A lot of people didn't know who he was, didn't get drafted in every rookie draft. Really dynamic, going to be used in a ton of ways. I think he has a real nice year because their receivers are just utter garbage that he's going to be their best receiving option no matter what and should be on the field a lot with Howard. But kind of like we talked about with McCaffrey, he's always going to be the 1B. You know, I mean, they're always going to have the big bruising running back. And then next year when they draft the best receiver in the draft and sign Allen Robinson, all of a sudden his, you know, his pitch count goes down. Yeah, that, that's very fair. I, I guess the difference for me is that if he is what McCaffrey is, you spent the one four on McCaffrey, you spent the four <laughs> four on Cohen, or maybe you spent right. maybe you spent some money. You're feeling a lot, a lot different about Cohen than you are McCaffrey at this point. And you have Benny Cunningham. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, he's a high obviously a home run. A high ankle sprain for Benny Cunningham. So, I mean, it's it, it's Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen or, or bust for the Bears. From here on out. Yeah, forget about yeah. Benny. All right, let's stick with the rookie running backs. Uh, another one who we had high expectations for, and I would say he lived up to them. His price is on the rise, if if that's possible, is Dalvin Cook. Mike, what do you, what do you have on Cook? He was it, – it started a little bit slow for me, for, uh, and I was – I had been, you know, carefully watching the Saints defense because I was kind of boldly proclamating on on my show that, like, the Saints defense looks much improved over last season. And you could see it at the beginning, but eventually Dalvin Cook had his way. It's – my biggest takeaway on Cook, aside from him being – obviously an excellent running back and going to have huge, huge volume. I mean, Latavius Murray is a mere afterthought. They didn't get him in until the second half, and then he comes in and he fumbles right away. Do they do they just bury Murray now on the depth chart and go with, with Cook and McKinnon? But Dalvin Cook oh, was, I think so. 
was really interesting over this off season because, I mean, you have <laughs> not not to like bring up you know just ridiculous arguments, but you have the metrics people and the film people, and Dalvin Cook. Everything I watched from from him in college, like this guy is an absolute monster. You know, I don't know if he's big enough for the NFL, but he's a monster. Uh, and then he goes and he bombs the combine, and we all panic. I'm like, as I say, I, I'm putting myself in that universal we where just how badly his he performed there. You think that's concerning. It didn't drop him out of my top five or anything like that, but it was still well. I will gladly take the other guys over Cook, and then if I'm at the 104, whatever, you know, my consolation prize is Dalvin Cook, and now it looks like that was just complete idiocy. And Dalvin Cook should, should have been the, the second guy taken off of the the second or third guy in the rookie draft. So I'm I'm all in on Cook. And on top of that, uh, not to move us forward too much, but I mean Sam Bradford and that entire offense look incredible. And they've got a new offensive line. They have fixed a lot of their problems. I think, they, and they even fixed another problem, which was. Uh, which seemed a little sketchy and questionable was they took Diggs out of the slot and they said, you know, you're going to play some outside now. We're going to put Thielen in the middle and see what he can do. And that really, really worked against the Saints, granted, one week. But as a, it, it's just very, very positive vibes for Dalvin Cook that he's not stuck behind last year's offensive line, that he's not in a crappy offense like Leonard Fournette. So it just his upside is, just continues to rise you paint a great picture with cook and his value. And as I follow the, the ADP from month to month, I, I definitely try to keep up with how the value of all players really changes. And that post bowl game, January, February, uh, cook was viewed as the the favorite to be the one Oh one in rookie drafts. So he, he was the guy following the college season over Fournette and over Corey Davis and all these guys. And then the combine happened like you, like you alluded to. And that was enough for whatever reason to drop cook out of that top spot. So whether you're in the collective, we that you mentioned, Mike, or if, if you want to pretend that that didn't affect your evaluation <laughs> of these guys, I'd like to pretend it did not, not affect how I felt. Well, I would, I would as well, but many, many people had cook as their number one guy, like I said, in January and early February. And then when the combine happened, I don't know anybody that did. Now, of course, he fell to the second round, he, and uh, some of these other guys we saw go in the first round, and, and that's that's not something you would want to ignore either. There were a few other factors, and people certainly had questions about the Vikings' offensive line, as, as they probably should have after last year. But, it, yeah, like you said, just every move the Vikings have made seems to be turning to gold right now. When it comes to Cook's value, he's really it's really going to be a repeat of the Hunt conversation. Multiple first-rounders or flipping a guy like Melvin Gordon or Devontae Freeman or uh, somebody like that. Todd Gurley is not going to buy him either, I don't think. Matt, where are you at with Cook now? I've, I've been the biggest Viking supporter you'll find, you know, for, for real football. I think they're a real contender. I love their offseason. I blame their offensive line for everything that went wrong with that team last year. I'm also the biggest Bradford apologist you'll ever find. I mean, I think he's, I've been saying for a long time, I think he's the most underrated quarterback in the league. Um, I thought it was promising that Cook 
picked up the blitz and blocked well, but he did have some drops. I don't know if that'll keep up, but I mean, like the only time the ball hit the ground was when they threw the cook and he dropped it. I mean, Bradford was that good. Um, I'm in agreement with Mike that I thought the Saints defense might not be terrible, but that's a pretty <laughs> favorable matchup. <laughs> you know, I mean, it'd be nice to play the Saints every week. We'll see when they go to Pittsburgh, if they come back to earth a little bit. But in general, I'm all on board on Vikings. Yeah, they. I mean, from from Cook to Bradford, as you mentioned, and the flip flop of the uh, the receivers Eight. seemed to really benefit both of those guys. And uh, we saw Thielen peppered with targets and Diggs getting some end zone targets. Really, just switching their roles that we had seen last year. And, and wow, that offense was was fun to watch for sure. Let's move ahead to some fallers, and Mike, we're going to start with kind of your beloved, your guy, uh, David Johnson. Uh, we know the injury. Yeah, yeah, that's that's certainly a tough one. We know the injury story there, uh, the wrist injury that's going to keep him out. I guess the minimum is two months, two to three months is what continues to be reported. The Cardinals did place him on the IR list, so uh, it'll be – several weeks at least before we see him again and, and potentially even longer. But the short version of that is he's not going to help your fantasy team very much this year. I was doing these rankings updates last night and I had a hard time ranking Johnson, Elliot and Le'Veon Bell. So Mike, let me, let me just hear your thoughts on Johnson in general and how you're ranking those top three at this point. And, and maybe you have a different top three, right? It- no, those those are my top three, absolutely moving forward, and that's that's a difficult question to rank them, especially uh, Le'Veon Bell. I'll say Le'Veon Bell would be. Oh, I'm I'm thinking redraft here though too. I mean, I got to get in your dynasty heads. So uh, Le'Veon <laughs> Bell is just he's. We don't know what the future is for Le'Veon Bell. Is he with the Steelers? Does he go to a different team? If he goes to a different team, can they adapt to? his skill set or you know vice versa so I'm, I'm it's it's hard to really know what what to do with bell and matt do you have do you have any insider knowledge yeah, i was gonna interrupt you there for yes bring it to I, me. I think yeah i mean being close to the team they offered him an awful lot of money assuming he doesn't get suspended or blow out a knee or something like that again i think they want to sign him long term and at a minimum i think they franchise him again so you probably get this year and next okay. year of him being a stealer at a minimum. So if you operate under those assumptions, he's pretty darn attractive. Yeah. Okay. That, that's, that's actually fantastic news. Uh, but David Johnson is, he's an absolutely fantastic player, but his, his future situation is also murky with, with this has to be the last year of Carson Palmer. Who knows if he's even going to make it through the season, if he continues to play that the way he looked in week one, and then what does the Arizona offense look like? I mean, even Bruce Arians, he could be done this this year or next year. I mean, oh, yeah. And that changes things greatly for, for David Johnson, you would this, imagine. Can't you see this happening? Johnson, I mean, I think Arians said something like, boy, we hope we get him back by Christmas. And by right. then, they might be 3-10 and 10 or whatever, and you shut him down completely. I mean, and at this point, don't you think – in a way, this might actually aid the Cardinals' big picture that they're going to be bad enough now that they can actually draft Palmer's replacement. And I don't. Th- and I think if Kansas City doesn't trade up, that Pat Mahomes is a Cardinal right now. Like they know they have to do this. 
So they might just be bad enough without Johnson that they go get their, their quarterback and Fitzgerald retires, Palmer moves on, maybe Arians moves on, defense is in place, and then all of a sudden that offense looks dramatically different in 2017. Yeah, those are great points. And that's of us, you know, the three guys on the show, we're huge Cardinal fans, and I've kind of brought up the point of a, it's the same exact kind of thinking of maybe this, maybe we tank out now and they don't bring DJ back. And mm-hmm. that's all to me, that's a lot better than being mediocre and just continue to move right. forward. And like, you can't find that replacement. I've also kind of joked that funny you bring up Patrick Mahomes. I think that the, I think that the starter for Arizona next year is on Kansas city. And I think Alex Smith finds his way down to Arizona <laughs> And it becomes a stopgap, unless, of course, they're so bad that they get a rookie with a top pick. So it's just there's so many. I mean, they could get Bridgewater. They could get Cousins. Sure. I mean, there's so many guys that could be on move. Cutler or you know Tannehill or whoever, or and then draft one high. Yeah, no, great points. It, it's and then you then you have Zeke with his just making bad decisions and bad decisions. And I mean, so there it's there's a cloud hanging over these top three dynasty guys for dynasty purposes. David Johnson still is my number one guy after going, after going through all those things, because when, when I was in uh, dynasty drafts, startups, this off season, David Johnson was, was the, the, the running back that I wanted to get and often did get. So I would say he's still my number one guy. If you have him on your team, I am not, selling david johnson at all i know there's going to be some vultures out there circling around you thinking if maybe you feel like you're a dead lame duck team that you'll you'll sell your star running back don't do it you got to always stay positive you got to fight against these these negative birds of prey and just hold on to david johnson and weather the storm all right mike so your back's against the wall you've got a dynasty contender which was headed up by David Johnson. And now you get a trade offer in your inbox, Kareem Hunt and a 2018 first rounder for David Johnson. What are you doing with that? You've got a contending dynasty team. You're a terrible person. I love you, Mike. (laughs) Oh man. Oh, what was the offer? Kareem Hunt and a first rounder for David Johnson. Oh man. Yeah. So you actually get younger and better. Yeah, on a con- if I if I feel like I am a contender, I may I may take them up on that offer. Yeah, take off the those those red colored glasses, those I cardinal know. glasses. It's not just the cardinal glasses; it's the the thousand rushing yard, thousand receiving yard potential. Those are the glasses I'm wearing. Yeah, those those are nice too. <laughs> but you know, you you kind of mentioned this yourself. The Cardinals next year could be. Palmer could be gone. totally different. Arians could be gone. Fitzgerald could be gone. This this could be yeah. This could be a totally new team in Arizona. It's hard to look at him without you know because part of fantasy football is also just having fun. So it's hard to remove your guy who's on your team. It's hard to emotionally separate that, even if it's the best thing for your actual dynasty team. Got to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It, it is for sure. Let's. <laughs> Let's look at uh, (laughs) it's not a problem, you idiot. You trade, you make the trade, (laughs) right? Gone. Uh, Matt Matt is the same one that says he doesn't care if if the guy's out killing somebody as long as he's scoring fantasy points. 
Oh, enough. yeah, he could be butchering grandmas or doing anything. <laughs> just, just get out get to him. Oh, For my man. dynasty team, I don't care. Do whatever you do. Get there on Sunday Ruthless. and put the ball in the end zone. Let's talk about another big name who suffered a big injury. Allen Robinson, Jaguars wide receiver, tears his ACL. He is done for the year. I have a little bit of scoop on this one, Ryan. Okay. I I was told by a good source that the Jags had every intention pre-injury of franchising him. So does that change? I mean, uh, you know, the, I mean, I would think it's it's only an ACL. I would think you still do that if you're them. Yeah, that's that's such a tough spot for Robinson. You hate to see injuries like that with anybody, but he, him being in a contract year and he was already being viewed, I feel like, as, as with, I guess this was being viewed as such a pivotal year for him after his breakout in 2015, a little bit of a disappointment in 2016. Matt, we had had a couple of guests on here who had suggested – selling all shares that you have of Allen Robinson and dynasty due to some, um, some metrics and, and some things. Scott Barrett, I know mentioned that. And oh, actually, Barrett, Barrett hates Robinson. Don't you can't buy into it when he hates somebody. <laughs> I mean, he buries them. He gives them absolutely no chance. Well, I, I actually took, uh, took his advice. He did his advice a little bit. I had several, several shares of Allen Robinson on my different dynasty teams sold, and sold most of those. So still obviously hate to see the injury, but it didn't didn't sting as bad as it might have without without Barrett's advice on that one. Let me paint another picture though. I mean, if they do franchise him and next year Bortles stinks again, they bring in Kirk Cousins or Cutler or Alex Smith, great defense, four nets in place, use a first round pick on an offensive lineman. That's not so awful. Well, Matt, one one of our favorite guests that we've had on here, besides Mike, of course, you're doing was, right. Oh, of course, was Adam Harstad. <laughs> I think that was over a year ago, and and Adam was on to talk about buying players that suffer injury, basically buying low on injured players, and essentially his advice is to do it every time because the value always goes down, the value almost always comes back up, whether they return fully from that injury or not. Uh, even even just the hint of a return or just the timing playing out that we think they should be returning, uh, sometimes their value can can start to to climb again. So Robinson is a player that a lot of people were down on already. Mike, are you buying him low, stashing him on that IR spot in your dynasty leagues? Whew. Two seconds, get him. I mean, I don't know that you give up a first. If I could give two seconds, I would. I would do that. I would do that as well. I don't. I don't think that would do it. Um, I did see an Allen Robinson trade in one of my leagues, and um, I thought it was a fair return. And of course, I can't remember it now. But uh, <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> Jeremy Macklin in two seconds. Uh, Some receiver you can start every week that's up in age in two seconds. I think it would have to be like Golden Tate in two seconds. Hmm. I would not do okay. that. Golden Tate's pretty good. Yeah, yeah Golden Tate's yeah. pretty good. You know, Robinson's a guy who it seems like his owners, unless you listen to Scott Barrett, his owners really like him. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know that people are going to necessarily be in a hurry to get rid of him unless they uh, – obviously you need that starting spot filled. So it's it's all it always comes down to what your team looks like. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I would certainly be buying at the price of – two seconds and a guy like Macklin. I think it, I think it probably costs more than that. Probably. 
Let's talk about one more faller. Oh, we've, we've got so many to choose from, Mike. Why, why don't you pick? We've got a list here. Oh. I'm going to let let this be our last one and let Mike finish this out. Well, here's oh. the list, though, just for everyone knowing. And, and I'm screwing things up just to pull back the curtain. i got to run my daughter to, to gymnastics. That's why we're cutting this a little close. It's all on me. Mm-hmm. But Jordan Howard, Adrian Peterson, Brandon Marshall, Andrew Luck, Kevin White, Hunter Henry, who I don't even know if he played the other night. I'm like, what on earth is going on with Hunter Henry? <laughs> But pick one of those, Mike, and we'll discuss, and then I'm going to run the gymnastics. Matt, you should have – I would have fallen on that sword for you, man. I could have taken – I got to pull back the curtain, dude. <laughs> I mean, but the, but the listener, they'll say, oh, well, Mike, he's on. He's never coming back. So I, I appreciate you t- taking the truth to the people. Uh, <laughs> right. It, uh, just a, a quick aside for Hunter Henry. I needed one catch for six yards from Hunter Henry this week in my, in wow. my main league. And uh, I did not get it. So I am not a big fan of Hunter, Hunter Henry at this point. Uh, player, does Anthony Lynn think he's like Lorenzo Neal or something? I, does, Lorenzo, does Anthony Lynn hate this guy? Well, he was on the field at the, the beginning. Somewhere, yeah. I don't think, he, I don't think he even got a target. No. I, don't think he did I mean, like, you didn't see him even run routes. I saw him go out a couple times. Trust me. I was, my eyes were locked on the Hunter Henry. Uh, but paid more nothing, than I didn't Nothing went his way, and he was he was in to block when they wanted to run the ball uh, at the beginning of the game. But the guy I want to talk about because it's funny that you it's not funny that's the wrong word, but you have him as a faller, and that's Jordan Howard. And if people feel like Jordan Howard's value is falling, I will gladly open my arms and Me get too. Jordan Howard on my team. He is still a beast. He, he just now is more of who he actually is. I mean, last year, the opportunity simply became, well, they have to put Jordan Howard on the field. He does not specialize in pass catching, proven yet again in week one. But he's a beast, man. He is a great, great running back. And I know we all want to get the three down David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell guys, but there's there's really only four of those guys in the league. Everyone else is in a timeshare. And I'll take someone who has a pretty solid offensive line and is a really, really good running back. And Tariq Cohen, actually, I mean, he helps that offense. He's going to help them get first downs, get Jordan Howard back on the field. So if if someone has watched what happened in week one and they're starting to panic a little bit, then I would all gladly try and, and get him. Really good interior offensive line. I really like the defense. Conservative head coach, John Fox. Trubisky's eventually taking over. It might not be his year, you know, for redraft, but the next couple of years, he's going to get a lot of touchdowns, a lot of interior carries. Will be the foundation of that offense. Fantasy points will ensue. Are you in on Trubisky, Matt? Yeah, I didn't like him much coming out, <laughs> um, <laughs> but he was better than I thought in the preseason, and he looked like he belonged. Uh, I'm coming around. How many games do you think? What's the over/under on on when he makes his his debut? Late, because I think Lennon's decent. You know, I'm thinking more next year, but um, maybe week ten, something like that. I don't think the Bears are awful. They're just their receivers are so bad. They must, they should have beat the Falcons. I'm with Matt. I mean, like, I was watching those preseason games, even the one where uh, the one where everyone went crazy because Trubisky had a good game and Glennon had a bad stat line. And just watching, you know, I'm watching receivers get hit in the hands, not catch it, cause interceptions, and I'm like, 
why is everyone freaking out saying that Glennon was so bad when he was he's okay? Right. He's he's not great, but he's okay. And I mean, they almost took down uh, a team that was in the Super Bowl last year. So I, I'm with Matt that I think that Glennon starts the majority of the season. And I'm not a huge. That's why they're paying him all this money, and they think he'll do what they're paying him to do. Yeah, I think I think Howard is an interesting case. Um, and and probably a player I, I would look into buying, uh, like Mike, like you said. I just think in in dynasty football, value is really all about perception. And whether the perception is that Cohen is going to take over or Cohen is going to eat into his touches, or maybe even it's it's just people thinking about that one play, Mike, that you mentioned earlier, where Howard drops the the ball in the end zone or or at the goal line. Right. All of those little things can add up to his his value dropping, and obviously, by definition, makes him a faller. And if you can buy him at this new, slightly lower cost, then Mike, I would agree with you that that I would do that. Well, Mike, thanks so much for joining us today. Really good stuff. Really, thank you for having me on, guys. I I love this show. I really respect your dynasty takes. Uh, you were, I mean, you helped me out when I was a baby, just getting into the dynasty game a couple years ago, or and just in everything you've done, Ryan and Matt. So, so thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, we definitely, uh, definitely suggest everyone go check out uh, the fantasy footballers and their podcast. All six, seven, ten of their weekly <laughs> podcast. It's too many. <laughs> and the periscopes and the chats and the Patreon. Go, go check it all out. Support those guys. They're all awesome. Thanks again, Mike, and we'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint.